0: Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos. So let's rock. It
1: my name is Nigel Jason Hammer, right over there, unfortunately, dealing with the uh, loss of an Indiana State Trooper, Aaron Smith, dying in the line of duty, Hammer. We have a special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. Rick Snyder
0: is the president of the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 86, and Rick, we had already booked you on this program to focus on crime. We wanted to talk about what's happening with the Broad Ripple community, but before we do that, I want to get your thoughts on what transpired last night. An Indiana State police trooper, 33-year-old Aaron Smith, losing his life in the line of duty.
2: Yeah, well, our hearts go out to the uh, to the uh, Smith family and uh, to this young bride and, and uh, his parents. Uh, this is a strong family of faith, though. I have to tell you, I was blessed to be able to spend the entire night with them. Uh, Just sitting with them and uh, um, just uh, watching their remarkable faith in action and uh, just reminds you of what what kind of a man this trooper was. You know, he's not just a trooper. He's not just an officer, but he's a man. He's a husband. He's a son. He's a brother. And uh, the legacy that he has left, not just through his service to his community, but through his leadership and legacy with his family, And uh, it just reminds me, and I hope it reminds my fellow officers, but also the members of our community, that we walk amongst these heroes every day. We often slander them, throw things at them, cast aspersions upon them, but they faithfully stand the line for you and me. And uh, that's exactly what Trooper Aaron Smith did in sacrificing his life last night.
1: Can you just tell me maybe a little bit more about trooper smith i I saw pictures of him on facebook a few days ago after the tornadoes helping out his fellow neighbors with his young wife um cleaning up trees and debris and things like that and and you know the next thing you know he's gone lost in the line of, of duty can you just talk a little bit about who trooper smith was
2: well the one thing that was very clear is that as a as a trooper and a member of the indiana state police he was so well-regarded by his fellow uh, officers. And, uh, you know, Superintendent Doug Carter spoke to that last night, uh, said that he was a shining star in the entire ISP. But, you know, uh, a lot of his officers spoke about his, his care, uh, not just for them as fellow officers, but his care and his love for his community. You know, watching that video, Rafael Sanchez on WRTV6, he captured video of them serving their fellow neighbors down there in Johnson County after those tornadoes. And it just brought to mind what we talk about all the time, guys. Love God and love your neighbor. And here you have a young man and his young bride who were walking that out. And he was doing that again last night. Uh, you know, it's a it's a stark reminder of what our officers face day in and day out. And like we always say, this is not gun violence, knife violence. It's not car violence. It's criminal violence. And it's women and men like these that are standing that line uh, to protect us every single day. I'm just so grateful to them and uh, just continue to pray for this family and pray for our police.
1: And and finally, uh, Rick, what's next for Officer Smith's family, his widow? Um, what kind of options and... and um, is there any way we can help? Yeah, is there any way we can help? What kind of care does the, the FOP and the state police and the IMPD provide to the families in an, in the aftermath of a tragedy like this?
2: Yeah, guys, always appreciate your support for all of our law enforcement and their families. Uh, we start that process now. As you know, the FOP and the State Troopers Alliance, the Indiana State Police, they're very robust uh, response teams that engage uh, when these tragedies occur. We'll be stepping through the funeral planning process at the invitation at the family, of course. And you gotta remember, every one of these families of our fallen officers, they also invite all of us as the community into a very private and personal event in their lives. Um, So those details will be coming forward and I'm sure there'll be opportunities or the opportunity to help support this family in their time of need. And uh, I suspect you'll be getting some information on that from a trusted organization for those funds to funnel through, and we'll keep you posted on that.
0: Rick Snyder joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. He's the president of the Fraternal Order of Police. Rick, let's turn our attention to what's happening in Indianapolis, specifically the Broad Ripple area. We found out yesterday that the Broad Ripple Village Association has announced that the bars, the clubs, the restaurants, all the nightlife will be closing at one o'clock. Now, to me, I think this is embarrassing. I'm a resident of Marion County. I live in Indianapolis. And this tells me that the city is so unsafe. The leadership in the city has such a lack of grasp of what's happening that businesses have to sacrifice a couple hours worth of their profits to close early.
2: Well, it's shameful for any residents of the entire state of Indiana. As Hoosiers, this is our capital city, and this is what we've been talking about for years now, guys, is that even if folks live in another county, they have to take note that this is your capital city, and as your capital city goes, so goes the rest of the state. And we've warned for four years now, starting in downtown Indianapolis, that this crime and violence has ripple effects that people often don't think about, but a big one is the effects upon the business community. Listen, business does not function. The Convention and Conference uh, Bureau does not perform. uh, And folks do not come to a city and spend money when they feel unsafe. That is why policing, law enforcement, and closing the revolving door of criminal justice is so vitally important. Here are the real-world outcomes. Just as we have been saying that when decision-makers fail to close that revolving door of criminal justice, we now see that businesses are forced to close theirs. That's the tragic outcome here. You had a business community that said, "Well, it's not a 2 p.m. Uh, thing; it's a 2 a.m. thing." And because of the time of night, we're going to make some changes. Well, it reminds us that crime always revolves around people, places, and times and events. And uh, you look at the decision that they had to make. I think there's drastic outcomes and impacts upon these business owners, many of them small business owners, um, and they're going to now they're going to now pay the consequences because. The criminals in Indianapolis aren't facing any consequences when it comes to their criminal actions. And that's why we need leadership in this city to turn that around and say, no, we're putting our foot down and we're going to assertively enforce the law in this city and uh, take this community back. But guys, i got to be the bearer of bad news. The residents of Indianapolis elected a prosecutor that we consistently can show plays a critical role in the dysfunction of our criminal justice system. And we now have four more years of that to face.
0: And the thing that bothers me, Rick, is that I always see a lot of people complaining, well, you guys always say this and say that. What's your solution? We have given solutions out time and time again on this program. I know you have given out solutions. I remember a press conference that you had with Reverend Charles Harrison downtown in Indianapolis giving solutions. But it seems like all of these solutions fall on deaf ears.
2: Well, not only that, but they are, are actively rejected uh, by our elected officials. And, guys, at some point, somebody has to ask the question, why? Why does it start to give the appearance that intentional steps are being taken to deconstruct the criminal justice system in our community? And the outcomes of all of this are the tragic loss of lives. We had these business leaders in Broad Ripple come together and say, quote, unquote, all hands on deck. Reverend Harrison and I made that call to action in 2019. Literally the day we did that, we came on your guys' radio show in studio and outlined a series of proposed solutions to take the city back. But, guys, these same elected leaders rejected that. They now stand before you and say, hey, please reelect us in this upcoming election. And that was nearly 900 lives ago. So you're going to tell me what lives matter here, yet you intentionally turned a blind eye to – 900 of our fellow residents and visitors losing their lives as a result of violence in the city.
1: Do you think, I mean, after the shooting in Broad Ripple over the weekend, one of the solutions uh, they came up with was gun-free zones. Uh, up and down broad ripple avenue now it looks like because of the broad ripple village association in the agreement to shut down at 1 or one thirty from here on out i don't think that's going to happen but you saw mayor hogsett come out with all these um uh, anti-gun initiatives and the thing is i've been seeing these same kinds of headlines in broad ripple for years it's not just like all of a sudden in 2023 we're having this problem it 2021 2020 2022 we've been seeing the same headlines over and over and over again and now in an election year all of a sudden we're coming up with these solutions
2: well like i've said publicly you know we see all these indie politicians suddenly clutching their pearls and acting so outraged by this violence and so it's sudden like what we we've said hey welcome to the party folks What has taken you so long to engage here, and now what you see is this intentional act to try to cast dispersions and change focus and make it sound like this is just some recent event. We have publicly put forward headline after headline after headline Mm -hmm. of tragedies that have occurred of not just shootings and shots fired, but people being stabbed as well in the broad ripple area for going back to at least 2016 guys but we showed many of those that occurred well before the july 1st 2022 enactment of what has been called permitless carry in the state of indiana but you have politicians that are trying to ascribe the permitless carry as the cause for this violence yet have no explanation for all the violence that occurred before it and guys here's what we have found thus far in 180 days in indianapolis we're averaging A person shot or stabbed every seven and a half hours in our city. We're averaging a person killed every 39 hours. Now, those are terrible stats. Those should get the attention of anybody. But here's the thing. They're not any worse. In fact, they may be slightly better than what the trends have been in the years prior to July 1st, 2022. So this whole false flag argument that this change in law caused this surging violence isn't holding up. In addition to that, we've got this one other constant thing that's shown. You have a mother of a victim in Broad Ripple that said it's too congested up there. And this is nothing but a money thing. I don't think she's too far off, but the thing that the Broad Ripple village association or any of these other groups better start thinking about when they fall into this trap of this pie in the sky dream of the mayor that we'll just con- con- construct gun-free zones is that to do that, you've got to enter into a private event agreement, a permit. And with that comes the liability folks, Now when something happens at your private event, who bears the liability on that? I think the business community up there got hit to that real quick, and that's why you saw a sharp change in course of action. And maybe we start cutting back on the hours and avoid the private event zone, but that's to be seen. But I can guarantee you that was not part of the discussion when the mayor outlined that. And, guys, I encourage you to do this. Keep our long, lengthy written statement handy over the next several months In response to the mayor's announcements, because you're going to see time and again, we can simply go back to that and point to the error in his ways and uh, show what's really going on here.
0: And it really is disappointing that so many people buy a lot of misinformation coming out of the mayor's office because Joe Hawks will sit here and act like... Permitless carry, constitutional carry is some sort of reason for an uptick. But then when you push back and say you realize you still have to pass a background check, Nothing has changed in that regard, and the worst year for homicides in Indy historically happened, one, under Hogsett's leadership, and number two, before that law was enacted. You don't normally get a lot of pushback after you explain those facts to people, but unfortunately, there's a large amount of voters in this city, Rick, that that would be news to them.
2: Well, I think it raises this bigger issue, which is the reason why folks get so confused about the the the, uh, specifics of these proposals is because, quite frankly, uh, to some of our folks in the media business, they're not asking the tough questions, and they haven't been since 2019. We've been very emphatic on that. Now, there are some individual reporters who will do it, but we have news directors in this city that we know for a fact are squashing these stories and squashing the tough questions of being asked. I've said since 2019, Why the hell isn't a reporter or a gang of reporters beating down the door of the mayor's office demanding answers on these issues, but they won't do it? Those reporters answer to somebody, and we've had even a reporter who has since retired from the business that publicly came forward and said, I sat in meetings and listened to news directors squash the stories, told us don't talk to Rick Snyder or the FOP anymore. Don't retweet what they're saying as though this is a child playground issue. These are lives that are at stake, and the tough questions need to be asked. Guys, I'll close with this. The only people living behind bars in the city of Indianapolis are its residents, its business owners, and students. The criminals are not.
0: Rick Snyder, President, Fraternal Order of Police. Rick, thank you so much for joining us, and as always, uh, tell all of the officers that we support what they do.
2: Thank you. God bless, and please keep the uh, Trooper Aaron Smith family in your prayers.
0: Absolutely.